All right. Hello, everyone. I pray that you all are doing wonderful right now. Um, and I pray that you're having a wonderful and blessed day. Um, I am very excited because we have uh, officially gone through, um, you know, the first uh, a few books of the Old Testament. Now we're um, actually getting closer towards the middle and the end. Right now we're in the middle of the Old Testament and we're starting with First Chronicles, you know, and I am just so excited because the Lord has just been revealing so much about um First Chronicles and to tell you the truth, First Chronicles is actually one of those books in the Bible that a lot of us we overlook. Um, just to be honest with you, a lot of church, you know, and even clergymen overlook First Chronicles. But if you actually pay attention to what it actually is about and why it's you know, written, then it's like, okay, like this is actually a very, you know, interesting book, you know? So, um, but before I even really dive into this and really get started, I'm going to pray real quick and then we're going to hop right into this. Amen. So let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, right now I come before you and I give you the highest praise, which is hallelujah. And right now, Lord, I thank you so much for all those who are here, all those who are listening. And I pray, Lord, right now that you allow me to decrease so that you may increase. Anoint my lips of clay that I may be an oracle of God. Let nothing I say be of earthly wisdom or be of everything of heaven and the spirit. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, my friend, that you will be loosed on the people right now, that you will prepare their hearts and minds to believe and receive the word that you have for them this day. I pray that you will give them divine wisdom and divine revelation right now as the word goes forth. And I pray right now, Lord, that you um, allow the words to be fire and the people would and let them be consumed by it. And I pray right now. Lord, that you will just continue to have your way. Lord, we thank you for just joining us um, this morning. I feel your presence already, Lord. And I thank you for just um, gracing us with your presence, for just being here in the midst of this time of fellowship and hearing more and learning more about you. Lord, we love you. We adore you. Thank you and praise you. And also, I'm going to say this. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. Lord, have your way this day. Baruch atah Adonai ha'el hakadosh. For thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever and ever. And my prayer partners in agreement said amen, amen, and amen. All right. So we got, you know, all the party people here. Um, so right now what I'm going uh, to do, um, and again, if you're on Zoom and you want to have your camera on, feel free. You know, that's fine with me. If you don't, that's fine too. But just stay muted. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So we're about to go into First Chronicles. Now, let me tell you a little bit and give you a little information about first chronicles when you read first chronicles the first few books of the bible which is why or the first few chapters in first chronicles um has to do a lot with genealogy has a lot to say with okay and these were the descendants of the levites these are the descendants of abraham's son benjamin and all that right so it's about a lot of this is who, where this person came from and et cetera and stuff like that, which is why a lot of people gloss over it because they're like, you know, that's basically, you know, history lessons. And plus some of these guys aren't even in the Bible, like some of the sons of like the son of Benjamin or so on and so forth all the way down. You're like, they're not in the Bible. So what significance do they really carry? Well, here's the thing. If you actually pay attention, this is what God does. He blesses genealogies. He doesn't just bless one person. He blesses families. He blesses generations 
That's why learning the genealogy is very important as well. And I'm not going to go into that today, but I'm just saying, do not look over the genealogy so that when you read later on in the Bible and you find out, for instance, that um, the Apostle Paul was from the tribe of Benjamin, you're like, oh, well, what significance is that? Well, go back to what the tribe of Benjamin were. How, what... So, so, so you will understand like, okay, so because he's from the tribe of Benjamin, this is why Paul or Saul was so good at this. This is why Paul or Saul talked about these things as opposed to someone that's a Levite. Oh, I hope you are understanding where I'm going with this. So where you understand where people are from, then you can understand them better. Which makes sense, right? The more that you know about where you're from, the more you understand why certain things are like, like that's just common sense, right? Just go to Ancestry.com. Why why are so many people so interested in Ancestry.com? Because they want to know where they're from so that they know who they are or, or learn part of who they are, you know, so... Um, like what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? You can learn that by learning what were the strengths and weaknesses of those from my line. You see, so you know where you want God to address and where you see where God has already made you strong. For instance, the Levites were very strong in servanthood. They were the priests. They were very strong and the worship, they basically, God put them in charge of worship, of putting the church together or the tabernacle at the time, the church, the temple, like that was the Levite's job, right? But there were also priests too. So there were priests, but then there were the Levites. So what was the difference between the Levites and the priests? Okay, so the Levites were more, like I said, they were a family. They were chosen people, right? They were the only ones, if you go into the history, that's where Moses' line is from. Moses was a Levite. That's where you see, um, what's it called? Aaron, his brother, who was the first high priest. And then you have, when they said, whoever's on the Lord's side, come over here. All the Levites went over to God's side. So the Levites were very precious to God. That's why you see in a lot of churches, you hear, for instance, our praise band name is the new era of Levites. You see? So that's why you always hear people talking about the the Levites or the tribe of Levi or whatever, because they were very special to God. So they so they want to represent. OK, is everyone with me so far? OK. So that's kind of the history lesson. Now, let's get to the part of what God really wants you to know. OK, so I want if you have your Bibles with you which you should because you you are in the Bible study. (laughs) I need you to go with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 12. And if Monty, you there, can you put it in the chat for me, please? 1 Chronicles chapter 12, okay? Now, this is very important, okay? Because now I'm going to teach you why God is saying why you have to learn first chronicles because first off first chronicles and second chronicles they kind of tell more about the story of david and stuff like that they tell some other stuff about david stuff that when you read it you're kind of like i read this already yeah but you probably missed some things because you have to understand what's the theme of first and second chronicles okay so one of the themes that you will see in First Chronicles, and I want you to write this down if you can. The first thing you will see is that this is the portrayal of the Messiah. Okay? You're seeing how the Messiah is coming to be. That's why it's talking so much about David here. Okay? Because where is Jesus' line? Where, 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 where is he coming from? He's coming from the line of David. 
But the thing is, you have to understand why God chose David out of everybody else. Why did he choose David was going to be the king that will have his son? Why was it that that David's line, God said, if you look at the promise of David, he says that your throne will be an eternal throne. Your throne will last forever. It will last as the days of heaven. Okay? And those who don't understand it, that is why Jesus had to come from David's line. Because the throne is everlasting. It's eternal. And that's why when you hear them talk about the Messiah, it says that, and he will sit on the throne of his father, David. So... And, and you have to understand the weight that actually carries. So if anything, Jesus coming, coming from the line of David and the fact that he is forever king of kings and lord of lords and is forever seated on a throne or is forever at the right hand of the father, then guess what? That's the fulfillment of God's promise in first Chronicles and so on and so forth. So this is, if anything, if you don't get anything else, it's that God always keeps his promise. There is no deadline to his promise. When he says that his line is forever, that his kingdom will be forever, huh, that sounds familiar. What did they say about the Messiah? And when the Messiah comes, his kingdom shall reign, what, forever. But how can Jesus get that if there is no one to inherit it from? Oh, y'all lost that. You remember, Holy Spirit, give them revelation. Do you remember how I said there's a power of association? There's a power of inheritance. God will have someone do it before so that you can take it to what? The next level. All Jesus did was take the inheritance of his father, David, and took it to the next level. Y'all ain't talking to me. I, I, I don't think I, I, I got some church mice today. See, people, people are sleeping. People are sleeping. I hope you are understanding this. So now let's go to 1 Chronicles chapter 12 because I have to talk to you about David, but I also got to talk to you about uh, secrets of the Holy Spirit like the Lord has me to do a lot today. And this is only part one. Tune in next week for part two. And yes, I, I did that on purpose. Get the word out, people. This is a fire Bible study. Get the word out. Invite your friends, family, people. Stranger on the street. I don't care. Tell them they need to come here. There's a great way to start Saturday. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. So let me talk to y'all. Okay. I need you to go with me. First Chronicles chapter 12 verse 8. Okay. First Chronicles chapter 12 verse 8. Okay. Now this I want you to understand. David was not normal, okay? And neither were his men. His men, you have to understand this. David's men were so fierce. In fact, I'm going I'm to I'm let the Bible explain it because I'm going I'm to explain this to y'all later. Are you there? And of the Gadites, there separated themselves unto David and to the whole to the wilderness, men of might and men of war fit for the battle that could handle shield and buckler, whose faces were like the faces of lions and were as swift as a rose upon the mountains. And it talks about who they were and what their names were. And look at this. These, and I'm going to verse 14. These were the sons of Gad, captains of the host. One of the least was over an hundred, and the greatest over a thousand. These are they that went over Jordan in the first month, when it had overflown all its banks. And they put to flight all them of the valleys, both toward the east and toward the west. Now, let me talk to you a little bit, okay? Because Holy Spirit, give them revelation. 
Look at this. Do you see how it says they were men of might? Do you see that? Men of might. That means that they had supernatural strength. They had supernatural strength. They, 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 these men, like, who here has seen the Avengers? You know, any nerds in the building? Anybody seen the Avengers? Maybe you saw it with some children. Okay, so y'all know Captain America, right? The super soldier, right? Imagine a whole bunch of Captain Americas. That was David's men. Men of might and men of war. Meaning that these men knew how to fight. They were not just supernaturally strong. They knew how to fight. They knew they they knew when they got into the battlefield, it was they knew it was go time. Look at this. Fit for the battle, meaning that they were conditioned, they were prepared. That could handle shield and buckler. Meaning like they could handle um uh, because shields back then were very, um, some of them were very heavy. So sometimes you have to pick and choose which one, which one, you know, either it's the shield or it's the sword. Pick one. More than likely you weren't going in with both. In fact, this is confirmed with the Roman empire. The Roman empire never fought with their swords and shield. What they would do is, and I'm just sharing history. They will put their shields up front. Wait for you to hit them, then they will pull out their swords and start stabbing you. They weren't they weren't Rambo. They wouldn't run in with swords and shield because it was too heavy. I know, that's a little history lesson. See, God created God does some amazing things. Now look here. This is the part I want you to see. Whose faces were like the faces of lions and were as swift as a rose upon the mountains. Listen to me here. These men were not just supernaturally strong. They were not just uh, conditioned and fit for battle. They supernaturally, their faces will turn into faces of lions. So when you saw them, you knew who they were because their faces turned into lions. And I know, I know some people are like, what? Simba, you're talking crazy. No, I'm not. I'll explain it in a minute. Their faces will turn into lions and they had supernatural speed. They could run as fast as a gazelle. That's, that's what Ezer is. Or swift as the rose upon the mountains, like the gazelles. They could, they, they, they were supernaturally quick. Okay. Now, I know some of you are like, well, Simba, how you know these are metaphors? How you know? I'm going to prove it to you. Go to Psalm 18. See, some people think I'm joking. And Simba, this is all well and good, but what does this have to do with anything? I'm getting to it. Be patient. Now, go to Psalm 18. Start at verse 29. Look at this. For by thee I have run through a troop, and by my God have I leaped over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. Let me stop you right there. So David is literally saying here, it's right there. Look at it yourself. For by thee. So he's saying, by God, he said this wasn't his own strength. He said, by God, he could run through a troop, meaning he could run through an entire army and kill them. David was supernaturally empowered by God to win and fight battles. Y'all ain't talking to me. He could run through a troop. And what does it say? And by my God, have I leaped over a wall? He's saying, so God not only gave him the strength to run through an entire army, but he gave him the supernatural ability to jump over the towers that they would build to try to keep him out. Y'all ain't talking to me. He's saying I could leap over buildings or over a wall. How many of you would like God to use you like that? To give you that supernatural ability to when you go into a battle, you can take down any opposition. 
that comes against you. He's giving you that through David. Let me let me get off of that. Come on now. There should have been a hallelujah somewhere. Oh, there it is. Okay, praise God. <laughs> but why is this so important? Why is this? Like, this is interesting facts. Most people don't even preach on this because they don't know it. But why is this so important? Because these men received this simply because of their connection to David. God is affirming again the power of association. These men were not just soldiers of David. They were loyal to David. They were faithful to David. They knew what God had done and what God was doing through David. And because they knew how to honor, they knew how to be faithful and loyal. God says, what's on David, I'm going to slide it on to you. So it wasn't just David now who had the supernatural strength from God. It was his entire army who had the supernatural strength from God. Are you hearing this here? This is why you have to learn honor. You have to learn God, who do you want me connected with? Because look at this. I'm going to 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 17. So what happens is basically these group of men who are strangers decide to come to David to, you know, they, they wanted to talk to him. But David had a lot of enemies at this time. So David was a little bit skeptical, you know, Yes, someone said we need to be faithful and loyal to God. Not just to God, but whom God has chosen over you. Y'all, I hope you understand that. Faithful and loyal to not just God, but to who God has chosen to be over you. Who God has said, this is the one who is going to help you get into your destiny. Are you hearing this here? So now we're going to move a little bit. Okay. Now where was I? Okay. So David went out to meet them. And answered and said unto them. If ye be come peaceably unto me to help me. My heart shall be knit unto you. Do you know what that means? See this is what's wrong with people in the church. This is what's wrong with leaders. In the church. He says, if you've come to be a part of this, if you've come to help me, then guess what? My heart is now going to be with you. I am going to love you. I am going to support you. You are now a part of my family if you've come here to help and aid me. Isn't that what he said? My heart shall be knit unto you, meaning my heart shall be connected to you. See, this is this is what's wrong. See, do you see why God has to make a king first? How come God didn't give this to no priest? How come God didn't give this to no religious person? Because David understood loyalty. David understood what it meant to be in an army. God had a kingdom before he had a church. God has an army. He's a commander. And anyone will tell you if you've been in the army or know people in the army, they're the most tight-knit, most trusting people. Why? Because you have to be. Because who you go into battle with, you got to be able to trust them. You got to be able to stick with them. Are you hearing this here? This is why the church is not a good army because everybody tripping over the each other trying to to do their own agendas their own plans and God says can we all get on the same picture here because that's the way an army is supposed to be I already explained this in Joel 2 they will be a mighty army they will not break rank 
David understood rank and, and, and power. That's why he said to the ones who were closest to him, he placed them over their other armies. Over, over the troops, excuse me. So David went out to meet them and answered and said to them, My heart shall be knit unto you if you've come to help me, right? But, look at what he says. But if ye be come to betray me to mine enemies, seeing there is no wrong in my hands, the God of our fathers, look thereon and rebuke it. Look at, look at, look at this. David is, David has supernatural strength. David has, uh, he's a brilliant tactician. If you read about his soldiers, his soldiers were nice with a bow and arrow. They could, they could run through a troop. The Bible talks about them. They were supernaturally charged. But look at what he says. He says, we ain't going to kill you. He said, let God rebuke you. Because he knew that's where his strength was coming from. He knew that's why he could do the things that he could do. He never forgot why he was able to do these things. It was God who allowed him. So he said, let God rebuke you. If you've come against me and see that I've done nothing. Are you seeing this here? Now look at this. 18. The key is in 18. This is where you will see the Holy Spirit. Look at this. Then the Spirit came upon Amasai. Who was chief of the captains. And he said, thine are we. David, and on thy side, thou son of Jesse, peace, peace be unto thee, and peace be to thine helpers, for thy God helpeth thee. Do you see that? He acknowledged not only that David was a mighty warrior, nor that David was anointed, he acknowledged that God is with you, David. And we're simply on your side. Why? Because God's on yours. You see that. And look at what David does. Then David received them and made them captains of the band. Meaning that he made them leaders. As soon as they acknowledged who he was, what he had, he received them and made them captains, made them leaders. Are you hearing this here? Why is that so significant? Do you see then the spirit came upon Amasai? Let me tell you something. You cannot debate anyone into the kingdom of God. You should not debate people into the kingdom of God. You shouldn't be getting all upset like I'm right. I know you're wrong, but then you can't receive me because you're so hard-headed, stubborn, prideful, whatever you want to call it. You cannot receive this. Do you see that? David could have said, dude, you, you know who I am. You, 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 you've, heard, you've heard the stories. You've heard the rumors. Let me tell you, bro, they ain't rumors. They're true. But he asked him one question. You either with us or you against us? The man said, I'm with you. Because why? It says, and the spirit came upon him. Do you see this? What you have to do, especially in this time, because I keep saying you can't debate. It's time to demonstrate. You have to demonstrate the kingdom. How do you demonstrate the kingdom? Sometimes it's simple as this. Is asking them a simple question. Have you ever felt God's power? No. Would you like to? Sure. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the fire of God falls on this person right now in Jesus' name. Then next thing you know, they're like, what has come on me? 
What what is happening? Why do I now understand Jesus? Why do I now understand what it is that you're saying? It's because the Spirit came upon you. All I did was be the vessel to loose the Holy Spirit on you. That's it. The Holy Spirit, write this down. The Holy Spirit is the greatest evangelist in the entire world. It is not T.D. Jakes. It is not anyone else. The Holy Spirit is the best evangelist in the entire world. You need to, even though you're in the evangelical office, you must still submit to the greater one. Who is the Holy Spirit? Sometimes the Holy Spirit just wants you to be that vessel that says, just release me on this person and I'll take care of the rest. That's all I'm doing. When I pray for people, all I'm doing is releasing the Holy Spirit. All I'm doing is releasing the power of Jesus. That's all I'm doing when I'm praying. Yes, oh yes. Because so many times, this is the problem with the church. And I know I'm, I'm saying a lot concerning this, but that's because this is important. The problem, one of the biggest problems that I see with the church is this. You keep trying to justify this Bible. You keep trying to prove that the Bible is true. You keep trying to do it. But one of the coolest things I ever heard Benny Hinn say and you know, shout out to Benny Hinn. He, he's one of my spiritual fathers. One of the coolest things he said was that a man came up to him seeking prayer, seeking deliverance. And basically, he, he, he told him all the things that were wrong. He told him he didn't believe. He said, now you prove to us, because he brought his family with him. You prove to us that your Bible is real or that your God is real or we walk out of this church and Benny Hinn stood there for a second he looked at him and he said okay he gets on his knees in front of the entire church and says Lord it is not my word so I am not going to prove anything But Lord, it's your word. You prove it. And as soon as he said that, the spirit of the Lord got loosed on the man. It got loosed on his wife, his daughter, that entire family. Long story short, the family got healed. The family got delivered. And the family accepted Jesus by the end of the service. Why? Because Benny said, it's not for me to prove. It's not my word. Let God do it. I'm just a vessel here. Let God use me to demonstrate who he is. That's it. Well, Simba, I prayed for the person and nothing happened. That's because there was too much you. Move out the way and let the Spirit do it. Submit to the Spirit. Let Him do it. You think if you say the word strong enough or forceful enough, if you think you have to speak in tongues and start shaking to pray for somebody to, to in order for the Spirit to move and manifest, Then you're trying to force him out instead of just letting him do what he wants to do. Yes. I'm going to prove it to you. Watch this. Go with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 8. Now look at this. And when the Philistines heard that David was anointed king over all Israel, all the Philistines went up to seek David. And David heard of it and went out against them. 
And the Philistines came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines, and wilt thou deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said unto him, Go up, for I will deliver them into thy hand. So they came up to Baal Perazim, and David smote them there. Then David said, God hath broken in upon mine enemies by mine hand, like the breaking forth of waters. Therefore they called the name of that place Baal Perazim. Now look at this. And when they had left their gods there, David gave a commandment and they were burned with fire. And the Philistines yet again spread themselves abroad in the valley. Therefore David inquired again of God, and God said unto him, Go not up after them, turn away from them, and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. Now let me stop right there. Oh my goodness. Right now I just need you to say, Lord, give give me revelation. Because I, I don't want you to miss this. Look at this. David did not allow himself to get full of the fact that he was anointed, that he was spiritually powerful, supernaturally strong. He always remembered where the source of his anointing, his strength came from. That's why he did not just go outright and fight the Philistines. He didn't become arrogant and say, oh, I can fight the Philistines. No. What did he say? He asked God, should I even go up against them yet? How many people have done that? Where you say, before you went ahead and did something, before you went ahead and, and, and made a decision, you inquired of God first about it. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. David said, I have to go ask God about this. He goes and asks God. God says, go get them. He goes, gets them. Why? Because he knew he had God backing him because God would not tell him to go after the Philistines if he was not with him to fight the battle. David knew it took more than just his ability to be a warrior in order to take down the Philistines. Because look at what it says. It says, and they left their gods there. So when so they had an if you understand, little G God is just demons, demonic powers, demonic influences. That's it. So they had demonic influences backing them. He needed the God of all gods backing him into the battle. He never took the battle as just it's me against them. He said, nope, I need God with me in order to take down everybody. Because if God is with me, who in the world can be against me? Amen. Yes, oh yes. Amen. As soon as he learned God was with him, he said, then I'm going in. And look at what he says. And left their gods there, meaning that these enemies abandoned their gods, their rituals. They abandoned it. Why? Because they saw it's doing us no good against David and his God. This is how you bring a harvest that used to have witchcraft workers. I'm tired of the church being afraid of witchcraft workers and people who do witchcraft. You're supposed to be getting them saved by showing them the power that is even greater than the power of spells, incantations, witchcraft, rituals, amulets, all of it. You're supposed to make them say, put that stuff down because that isn't the power that we are looking for. Stop being weak and cowardly. Jesus' name was Emmanuel, God with us. All David needed to know, God, are you with me? As soon as he heard yes, he went into battle. And he demonstrated God's power. Look at this. Let their gods there. Now I'm going to show you a revelation God just showed me. David gave a commandment 
and they were burned with fire. Do you see that? It doesn't say he told his people to go get fire and burn them. He had the supernatural authority now to speak and fire came out and consumed his enemies. Y'all ain't talking to me. So God took his warfare to the next level. It So instead of David just going after them and, and using his supernatural endurance and strength to take them down, God said, just speak the word and fire will consume them. He took his warfare to the next level. Saying, you know how to fight. Now just give the command. Now God was showing him, this is how you operate as a king. Speak. Isn't that what it says? David gave a commandment and they were burned with what? Fire. You see that. And the Philistines yet again spread themselves abroad in the valley. So that means as soon as they saw his power, as soon as they saw the fire, they went spreading. They ran away. But look at what it says. God, he says, should I go after him? God tells him, no, not yet. Go here instead. And look at here. David therefore did as God commanded him. And they smote the host of the Philistines from Gibeon, even to Gezer. And the fame of David went out into all lands. And the Lord brought the fear of him upon all nations. Do you see that? David, all he had to do was be available. All he had to do was be obedient. And all he had to do was be faithful. And look at what God did. God not only fought with him, he even fought for him. He went out in front of him and started fighting. So much so that all the nations knew, do not mess with David. Do you see that? It says, the Lord brought the fear of him upon all nations. That means as soon as people heard of David, the whole world knew exactly who David was. That's the power of the glory of God. Do you see that? So now, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm about to end this. Stop for some reason. Which is affecting the the podcast being posted later. I kind of like that though. Because <laughs> there will be no interference if there's nothing to fear. Amen. So look at this. But it doesn't matter. The word must still go forth. It's going to come out one way or another. So look at this. So... Then on that day, David delivered first this psalm to thank the Lord into the hand of Asaph and his brethren. Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Do you see this here? So David always gave credit to whom credit is due. You give honor to whom honor is due. He's thanking God. He's thanking the Lord for all he's doing, all he's done. Look at this. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. Sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Now look at this. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Do you see that? That's the secret of David. This is why not only could he talk to God and God could talk back, 
But this was also why God not just gave him the anointing. He gave him glory. You see that? Being able to call fire by a commandment is not a gift of the Holy Spirit. It is not a gift that Jesus said he gave you. It is the Father's power. For that is kingdom power, glory. Glory is the last realm. You see? So he's showing how he got God's glory. How he got God's glory to manifest. And if you go back to Psalm 18, he says, And you taught my hands to do warfare. Meaning that he taught him how to fight, how to have that supernatural strength, that supernatural speed, that supernatural ability to to win every battle. The Bible says that David never lost a battle. He won every battle he fought. This is how you win all the battles in your life. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. You see that? He said, seek his face continually. So what he so David would never pray, Lord, give me the supernatural strength to be able to destroy my enemies. He would say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, there is no one like you. He would seek his face. Go read the Psalms if you don't believe me. Read the prayers. Where where in the world do you see him say, Lord, give me the supernatural ability to destroy my enemies? You will not find it. Lord, give me this. Give me that. No. He will always say, Lord, give me you. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all ain't talking to me. He will always say, Lord, give me you. Give me the desire to seek your face. Give me the desire to be where you are. Psalm 91. He who dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the what Almighty. You see that? he. he, he, It's always about that. I want you. I don't want the anointing, the power, this, that, or whatever. David said, that comes with you. He's giving you the key right here. Glory ye in his holy name. Mean give him honor. Give him reverence. Glory in his name. Always give him the glory. Always give him the recognition he deserves. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. So he's saying, as you seek, let your heart be filled with joy. Hmm. And the joy of the Lord shall be your what? Strength. Y'all ain't talking to me. See, I'm trying. I'm trying to teach, but I, I, I don't know if they're getting there or not. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Let them be filled with joy, so that what the joy of the Lord can be what their strength. How do you receive the joy of the Lord by seeking Him? Not seeking His presence, not seeking the anointing, not seeking His power, seeking Him. You see that He says. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face continually. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done. His wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O ye seed of Israel, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Be ye mindful always of his covenant the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. You see that? (laughs) I'm going to end like this. Do you see that? David is telling his people, he's telling the people to not forget how good God is. Do not forget how wonderful he is. Do not forget what he's done. What he's done before, he will do again. He is the same. But he said he will be... For how many generations? Ten generations. Twenty. A hundred? 
There's thousands. A thousand generations. Meaning that when you are no longer here on this earth, this is for everyone in your family. You can be the vessel to that God activates this promise with your children, your children's children, your children's children's children, your great, 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 great grandchildren. God says, I will be faithful to your family for a thousand generations. If you adhere to my word, if you adhere to my promise, if you train up the child in the way that they should go so that when they get older, they will not depart from it. If you learn to continue to pray for your family, stand on the promise of the word. This is a promise. I plan on, and I tell people this, I don't care what anyone says. I plan that when I'm in heaven, I see my great, 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 great. That is until if Jesus decides not to come back, I want to see my great, 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 great grandchildren in heaven. And when they meet me for the first time, they say, thanks, Grandpa. It was because of your faithfulness we made it here. Amen. It was because of your faithfulness to God we made it here. There is no greater honor than that. Than to find out that because... You were faithful to God. God said, your faithfulness was so great to me that I will be faithful to your children, your children's children, your children's children's children, all the way to a thousand generations. I think that's all I can say right now. You got come back for part two <laughs> if you want to learn um, more secrets but before I close I just want y'all to understand this is that learn to follow the instructions of the spirit how do you do that you commune with him it says seek his face continually it doesn't say seek his face only on Sunday Seek his face only during Bible study. It says, seek his face continually every day. Say, Lord, I want to see your face. Lord, I want to see your glory. Lord, I thank you that I feel your presence. I thank you that I'm feeling your love. But Lord, take me deeper. I want more of you. Nothing else matters to me. All I want is you. Yes, Lord, I got this situation here. I got this situation there. But Lord, I'm willing to put it all to the side just so I can see you or have you. I want you in my life. I don't want the solution to get out of the mess. I want you because you are my exceeding great reward. Oh, y'all ain't talking to me. For where your heart is, there your treasure will be. My heart is always, now and forever, is with the Lord. It will not be with anything else. It is with the Lord. That's why if the Lord tells me to give up certain things, I'm willing to give it up. Why? Because there is nothing in this world that has my heart. He is the only one who has my heart. So if he says, somebody, I need you to give this up, all right, here you go. Somebody, I need you to do this, here, here we go. Amen, amen. I'm not saying that just for myself. I'm saying that because I'm telling you, that's what David did. That's what Jesus did. Yes, oh yes. That's what Peter did. That's what Paul did. That's what, go read your Bible. Look at all of them. They all did the same thing. They chose God over everything. And God gave them not just whatever they needed, whatever, and in some cases, whatever they wanted. But he also put them in a position in his kingdom for all eternity. Just like David. David's throne is forever. Jesus' throne is forever. So if I'm linked with Jesus... 
that's how I have eternal life with him forever. Are you hearing this here? So, your situations are but for a moment. But you know what? There is a power that is eternal. You can tell the devil that. Devil starts attacking your finances. Start preaching the gospel to to your finances. Why? Because that power is eternal. That power ain't going nowhere. Uh, Yes. Start preaching the gospel over your family. Because even whatever they're going through. Anger, depression, hatred, whatever it is. Yeah, but I got a power that's eternal. Because, and I'm just going to say this, read in Revelation. There's no more sadness, no more pain, no more heartbrokenness. There's rest, joy. Hmm, those things only come from Jehovah. So if I am in line with the powers and in the relationship with Jesus and his father, then that means I have power even over the things that men say are supposed to be until you leave this earth. But I'm like, no, bro, I got power that's eternal if I want to. If I just receive it. Yes, oh yes. You see? So I hope you all understand that. Be a vessel of light and life. Be someone that the Lord says, I can use this person. Simply because why? They're available. God's not looking for perfect vessels. God isn't looking for gold He's not looking for silver. He's not looking for those vessels. He's looking for submitted and available ones. Ones who say, I'm here. And simply because I love you, I love you, Lord. Have your way with me. That's how you receive what David had. Amen. So I'm about to pray. I'm about to close. You know, I hope you all learned something. I hope you all received something. There were some people, I don't know if they had to leave or if they got kicked out. I don't know what happened. But anywho, I'm going to, you know, just pray. And then um, we will close for today. Amen. So let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, right now I come before you and I give you the highest praise, which is hallelujah. And right now, Lord Jesus, I thank you right now for just all the people who are here. I thank you for all those who are listening. I thank you, Lord, for this wonderful Bible study. I thank you so much for the revelation that you have been showing us about um, First Chronicles. And Lord, I just look forward to what you show us next um, time in in um, First Chronicles Part 2. And I pray, Lord, that you will just continue to have your way in the people's lives. Right now, I say in the name of Jesus, I bind and rebuke all satanic and demonic assignments and agendas. They are canceled and dismantled right now. I come against right now all fear, all doubt, everything that is not of the kingdom of God. It is broken. It is released right now in Jesus' name. I cast it out. I send it back to the depths of hell from whence it came. And I plead the blood of Jesus over all those who are listening right now. All those who are listening, whether it's on Zoom, Facebook, podcast, anywhere. I pray right now, Lord. Holy Spirit, my friend. I pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, that the Spirit of God, that the fire of God will fall on all those who are listening right now. And that, Lord, you will just engulf their hearts in your flames. I pray, Lord, that you will just um, just tell them, Lord, continually how much you love them, how much that you are there for them, and that all they need to do is just come to you and you will always 
and forever be there for them. Lord, we love you. We adore you, thank you, and praise you. It's in Jesus' name I do pray, while the presence of the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, Baruch Atah Adonai Ha'el HaKadosh. For thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever and ever. And my prayer partners in agreement said with me, Amen, Amen, and Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of the Father, and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Take care and be blessed. Mm-hmm.